Welcome to the Data Points Podcast. Focused on the importance of data in a 21st century world, we discuss data-centric topics, such as fundamentals of data management and use, strategies for building buy-in within organizations, and the crucial role that community plays in this important work, as well as so much more. My name is Lisa Twiss, and I am a curriculum and instructional designer at GovX. In this role, I support the design and development of learning experience for individuals and teams and government agencies and beyond to better understand and apply data practices so they can make better data-informed decisions to improve the lives of their residents. Today, we are taking a look at the significance of data governance practices as it relates to place-based partnerships. When we say place-based partnerships, we mean a collaboration between government, non-government community organizations, businesses, school systems, all working within a network to improve the lives of a community. We know that while government agencies certainly need to collaborate internally, it's often the communication and collaboration with external partners needed for most effective data governance practices. Specifically, we will spend our time today talking about the Racine Unified School District in Racine, Wisconsin, and its collaboration with external partners, Higher Expectations of Racine County, and Strive Together, a national organization, and how they have been able to meet particular challenges as a collective through a data governance initiative. Today, we are joined by Jeff Zimmerman from Strive Together, Janelle Zito from Racine Unified School District, and Ben Taft from Higher Expectations. Thank you all so much for being here. I'm really excited that we get to highlight the data governance work being done in Racine and have you talk a little bit about the roles you all play with that work. So to get us started, can you please briefly tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do for your respective organizations? And Jeff, we can start with you. Thanks, Lisa. I'm Jeff Zimmerman. I'm a consultant with Strive Together, which is a network of cradle-to-career place-based partnerships, which I'll talk about more in just a bit. I've worked with Strive Together, the national network, as well as the local partnership in Cincinnati in various roles over the last 15 years, mostly related to data evaluation and learning. Thanks, Jeff. Janelle, would you like to go next? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lisa, for this opportunity. My name is Janelle Zito. I'm the Director of Continuous Improvement for Racine Unified School District. We are a school district nestled in between Milwaukee and Chicago with a population of about 16,000 students. Um, so my role in the district is really to look at continuous improvement initiatives and projects. As a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, it's my goal to always strive to have data be incorporated in everything that we do in the district and uh, also monitoring our strategic plan. Great. Thanks, Janelle. All right. And over to you, Ben. Hi. Thank you also for this opportunity. This is really fun. My name is Ben Taft. I'm relatively new at Higher Expectations. As I'm coming up on my first year anniversary. Higher Expectations is a collective impact organization that's part of the Strive Together Network. We focus on improving educational outcomes in order to increase economic mobility in our community. And to do that, we challenge systems. And my role there is the data impact manager. I collect, organize, and present data about our community, identifying where improvement is needed and areas where we can celebrate progress. 
Great. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to say that I had the pleasure of meeting and working with all of you when GovX and Strive Together collaborated uh, to pilot a curriculum and a learning experience focused on data practices and really looking at the way that the GovX curriculum, which is currently mainly focused on government trainings, could support nonprofit and, and place-based organizations. And so, again, it, it was a real pleasure to work with all of you, and I was so happy with the work you all did. So Ben and Janelle were participants in the pilot while Jeff led the effort on the Strive Together side. So to that end, Jeff, could you talk a little bit more about Strive Together and how it supports this work? Sure. Strive Together is a national network of place-based partnerships, which are networks of people and organizations in the same geographic area who work together to change systems, improve community outcomes, and achieve shared goals. Racine is one of about 70 partnerships across the country that are doing this work. And Strive Together supports these partnerships by bringing them together, providing coaching and technical assistance, codifying learning across the network, investing in these communities, as well as advocating for policy changes. We've been working recently on building out a training hub geared toward place-based partnerships. And so the goal of this training hub is to connect community leaders with training opportunities to improve their communities by shifting policies, practices, resources, and power structures in their communities. The training hub is offering a series of courses around topic areas related to collaborative improvement, results-based facilitation, data and analytics, and backbone excellence. We were really excited to partner with GovX around the data and analytics courses as part of this training hub. And so this work kind of began with developing a set of competencies that were important for place-based partnerships to think about and have as it relates to their data work, and then build out an assessment based on those competencies, and then finally align some of the existing GovX courses and curriculum to those competencies. We began a pilot this past spring with seven communities across the country where we delivered the assessment and then offered a series of self-guided courses and facilitated sprint courses, culminating in the data governance sprint. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Ben, can you talk about what Higher Expectation does as a place-based partnership and how it is involved with the work that Jeff just talked about as it relates to Strive Together? A lot of what Strive Together brings to the Racine area through us is connecting people who are in different organizations, but working on the same kinds of problems. Also kind of creating a longitudinal perspective for people in our community so that it's not just like, okay, well, schools have them and then the schools are done. And then the employment services have them and the employment services are done. But to emphasize the continuity of that, one of the things we're working on is trying to help improve early education outcomes by helping connect parents with jobs integrative kind of stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're obviously already starting to talk about the need for collaboration. Um, and, you know, you've all touched a little bit about this idea of data and, and the communication and collaboration needed. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So I'm going to ask Janelle to get us started a little bit. Um, if you don't mind talking to us a little bit about the sort of challenges that you are currently seeing in Racine Public Schools and the ways that you are starting to see that these partnerships can help address some of these challenges. 
Absolutely, Lisa. And I don't think that the challenges that I'm going to talk about are unique to racing, but we certainly do see them in our community. When I think about it, I think it's both daunting and exciting, though, to think about an educational data continuum. So something that follows somebody from their earliest educational experiences all the way through to their post-secondary or career or even just life afterward. So something I draw like an analogy to would be our health records, right? We have from infancy, we have health records following us throughout our healthcare journey, if you will, and things like it would be very easy to predict health or dental pieces if you have periodontal disease later in life, maybe did your early teeth brushing help with that? Well, we don't really have an equivalent to that in education, right? We can't really always draw lines between whether or not Head Start or early learning initiatives ultimately help with success later on down the road. Those types of challenges are one thing that the partnerships that we have with Higher Expectations and Strive Together definitely help us with. Something like intentional data sharing around a problem. So one example that I can come up with that Higher Expectations in partnership with the Dana Center helped us with was taking a look at math and focusing specifically on that subject or content area to say, what and how much remediation students needed at the collegiate level and going back downward and cascading that down to the K-12 level to take a look at how we were preparing students to be able to have a two-way street with data. The transcript is limited in that it's not going to necessarily capture if that student was in a mathlete group when they were in high school or if they received some sort of math intervention we worked with higher ed institutions as well. UW Parkside is one of our local partners. Gateway Technical College is one of our local partners, as well as Carthage. So we work regularly with those institutions of higher education to try to come up with data sharing. And oftentimes, higher expectations is a liaison for that. And in their work or through their work, we are making those data connections. Another thing that we talked about actually just yesterday when I was working with principals, our high schools are certified as model schools in the National Career Academy Coalition. We have an academy model at our high school level, and so students get to pick a particular pathway or academy in which they study. So we have healthcare students, we have business students, we have marketing, we have IT-based programs. And so once they complete that coursework, we really have no idea what happens next. So we would really love to know and understand, for example, how many of our IT students in an academy or pathway are actually moving on to work in an IT role afterward. And are they joining our community in that work? Are they coming to work for a place like SC Johnson, which is one of the staple um, organizations within the Racine County community. Yeah, that's great. And it, and it really sounds like you have a vision of what you would like. And so I imagine that a part of that work is really around this idea of data governance and, and how are you sharing information with different organizations and all of the things that go along with that. And so, Ben, I know that Janelle mentioned a few times that higher expectations has been helpful. Can you just talk a little bit, again, getting back to this idea of sharing and developing networks and communicating and collaborating, um, talk a little bit about what higher expectations does to support those efforts for Racine Unified? 
Well, one example of something that we did recently is we really helped the process for creating a new strategic plan for the school district to intentionally include community members who would not necessarily normally be consulted or be part of that decision-making process in deciding what are some key goals and what are some key ways of measuring those goals. Janelle said before that the problems in Racine are problems you see in a lot of communities. And one that is acute here is this sense of there's a lack of trust between people who have been historically marginalized and government institutions. Your grandparents were subjected to redlining your suspicious of housing initiatives, right? So this kind of intentional saying, like, we are reaching out and going to try to make a space for you when we're talking about how data are collected and analyzed, I think will also help build that trust. The data governance course that we went through really gave us a lot of vocabulary to help with that. And I think that's going to really help our partners at RUSD, uh, the city of Racine and the county of Racine to make that case to other people and they say, why are you asking for people on the street to come and tell you how to organize your databases? It's like, it's not, that's not what we're doing. We're giving them some skin in the game for how the data are used. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I, I we really appreciate that. And so Jeff, I'm going to point this over to you here because both Ben and Janelle have reiterated that the problems or the challenges, I, sh I should say, that Racine Unified School District are experiencing are not unique to that one community. So could you just speak maybe from a, a more national perspective in your experience working with organizations from across the country? You know, how does data governance really play a role in, in addressing some of these issues? and challenges. Right. So working with partners across sectors to create shared goals and measures can be really powerful. You're getting lots of different folks and lots of different organizations and resources focused on the same things. That's powerful, but you can't do it with just will and intention alone. I think what data governance brings is a structure and clear roles and policies and practices that can happen or should happen that everyone agrees on that can really make this work a reality. So how do you all do that? Right. I mean, so we know that communication is a big part of that. And even Ben, you just mentioning before about working with community and Janelle, you mentioning working with institutions of higher education. Does anybody want to just talk a little bit about the role of communication in the establishment of data governance practices for your organizations? I can talk about that a bit. And I think it's also a big lift when uh, thinking about how to communicate to those different stakeholder groups. So many times when it comes to data governance and data sharing, you're having to look at different ways in which people touch that work or process that work. So one struggle that we found at Racine Unified was that everyone owned a different piece of that puzzle, but those puzzle pieces didn't always fit together. And communication is a huge piece of that, right? If there aren't structures set up in place for people to be able to share information or have transparency in that process, then oftentimes there are gaps in terms of information and communication. 
our IT department was in control of our software vendors or our third-party vendors sharing information with students. So they own that puzzle piece. We also have our legal or HR department dealing with our open records requests for data and information. So they own that component. Our finance is the one responsible for the legal language with the contracts and the memorandums of understanding or MOUs in which we have to have language about data sharing within. Our schools and people who work in those schools, so our teachers, our principal staff, they're signing off on regulations that protect personally identifiable information with our state education body, which is the Department of Public Instruction. So they own that piece and who manages or monitors whether or not people are completing that. And so collecting all those pieces and putting them together is both a communication issue and just an information issue through a large district. Yeah. So Janelle, can I ask you to talk a little bit about what have you done to de-silo that? You know, I, I know personally that you, and, and as Ben mentioned before, um, you all did some great work in the data governance course that was offered through GovX and Strive Together. And so I'm just curious in, in terms of what steps are you taking to actually do some of that de-siloing? That's a great question, Lisa. So it's the work is nowhere near done because unfortunately or fortunately, I feel some days more like a detective than I do a director of continuous improvement. And it's about asking a lot of questions. I'm kind of known for that. I'm a little notorious. I think Ben can um, also concur with that. But sometimes that's what it takes to be able to pull those pieces together that we really need and have that overarching systems lens on how all those things that I mentioned earlier go together in a a data governance structure like Jeff had mentioned. So providing that framework and that structure was key and it was crucial for someone like myself and with Ben's help to be able to see how those puzzle pieces ultimately do fit together. Yeah, that's great. And Ben, we know that you serve with Janelle on the Racine uh, Unified School District Data Governance Team as a user of services and as an IT liaison. Um, Do you want to just talk a little bit about any of the challenges that you have seen from your side? Sure. So I noticed as I've been working with some of these data services and been working like with some of the databases and stuff like that, that there's clear evidence that they've really changed a lot over time because of regulatory requirements and technological capabilities, it often seems like if you knew what that history was, it would make it a lot easier to extract the information that you need right now. So my background's an evolutionary biologist. So like that's literally like what I love to do is to try to figure out what happened in the past and how it reflects on today. Our group's task, I think, is to sort of smooth that complexity out as much as possible and make a system that people don't need to have that deep knowledge in order to be able to successfully get the data they want. And one thing that really, I think, helped with that is with the strategic plan that is coming out, it gives us pretty clear goals to look at and say, okay, how are we measuring this goal? What are people going to look at and want to see when they're assessing our progress to that goal? And that gives us very clear, like, okay, we need to find this and report on this. That's the best thing that data does, right? You're just like, oh, we're counting this thing. We can all agree on this concrete thing. Let's count it. And we might disagree about what the consequences that are, but part that's a way to, to build trust and collaboration. 
Yeah, thank you for that. And so, Jeff, I'm going to ask you, because again, I think that you have had um, quite a, a few years of experience working uh, with data and as it relates not just to, you know, local organizations, but, you know, to some degree right on a national level. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you see when organizations are trying to establish or, or sustain collaboration around data management and, and data use? Sure. And that's a Great segue from Ben because what I what I would I would highlight first is the building of trust and relationships, and it just takes time. It's one of those adaptive challenges in this work. It's not technical in nature, but it's trying to get everyone on the same page and really kind of build that support and the buy-in across the board from leaders on down, helping identify partners kind of what's in it for them is a big part of that because collaboration has to be mutually beneficial to all. And, and it's there. It's just, it just takes time to get everyone on the same page. The other thing I'd point to is I think as a backbone organization, it's really important as you're working with data and sharing data across partners to have strong data privacy and security practices that builds trust. It helps just make sure that you're doing this in a way that will protect youth privacy. And I think the last thing I'd say too, building trust and relationships is key. We also all deal with transitions of roles and people. And I think data governance is actually a really big part of ensuring that if those processes are in place, they can weather those transitions of people as they come and go. That's really helpful. And I, I think that it is interesting, this idea of transition, because I've seen it firsthand. And if you have those roles and responsibilities and the vision and you know who your stakeholders are right up front, um, then again, regardless of, of where people head or, or join, then those processes are in place. So I, I think that's a great point. So Janelle, I know that you said before that this work is certainly far from done. Um, but do you mind talking a little bit about, you know, what are some of the wins already of even just the introduction of some of these ideas? Well, it was certainly well-timed that we participated in the data pilot with GovX at a time where we were also developing internally at RUSD the Office of Continuous Improvement. Leadership's dedication to continuous improvement has coincided beautifully with our ability to be able to have momentum and also a, a dedicated owner, if you will, for data in the district because when you had asked that question before, you'd usually have a game of, you know, cowboys where somebody's pointing at somebody else and they're pointing at, back at them. And it kind of gets a little confusing when you ask, well, who owns this? So who should be overseeing the data governance or data sharing agreements? Part of that establishment of the Office of Continuous Improvement automatically means that we can have a streamlined ownership, start creating those standard operating procedures that you all referred to in order to make sure that the work has a framework and structure, but then also has defined components so that it can be level set so that the entire organization has a great idea of what defines data governance and who should be a part of that team and why they should be a part of that team and what piece they own, like uh, the puzzle piece analogy I used earlier. You also have that brand new strategic plan that Ben referred to being done in collaboration with higher expectations and the community and being able to then take our data governance work and say, we are going to be that task force to take a look at how we're going to make sure that all this data comes together in a way that makes sense for not only internal stakeholders, but our external stakeholders as well. We want 
to be able to report back to our community, to our community partners, um, such as our local businesses who always are helpful with our academy structure, to be able to showcase for them that the goals and key performance indicators that we have said are important to us are actually happening. They're monitored and we have systems and structures in place to be able to showcase that. Yeah, that, that is just so promising. And it's just, um, it just brings me such joy <laughs> to know that, you know, the work, it was timely and applicable and authentic. And um, so Ben, is there anything from the higher expectation side that you're hoping your organization, you know, can and will do to support the work that Janelle was just talking about? Other than some nerdy technical assistance, I think Janelle's got a really strong vision of how she wants to carry this out. I think a lot of the time what we're going to be doing is coming in and, and continue to use some of the language you taught us and say, see, what she's saying is actually like a well-established practice. It's not just this one passionate person trying to push something forward. It's actually like an evidence-based practice. And so I think we can be supportive in that way. One particular example of that, Janelle mentioned she was just talking to some principals. And that is one of the directions that our data task force is heading is to incorporate more building administrators and teachers and to have input from them and also feedback after we've implemented stuff like that. And so that kind of thing is going to help us do a better job because we'll be making more useful tools. But it's also, I think, going to help us in building a community of practice. Like once these people are in the same room, like, oh, yes, there are many different ways we could be entering these data in a spreadsheet. But if we all do it this way, it'll be much easier to collect those things. And so like those sorts of conversations, if they happen in a room where everyone's there rather than uh, and a memo being imposed from above, I think, end up being a much more constructive thing for the community. And, and that's really something that we're hoping to help build. You know, you're not alone. We're working on this. There are other people working on it too. And, and there are tools and how much farther we can take it, these other tools that we found. Yeah, thank you. And and I think to your point of not being alone and this idea of a community of practice, you know, Jeff, I'm, I'm going to pass this over to you because I do think that at least from my experience, Strive Together is kind of a place that these organizations can go to, right, to know that they're not alone. And so I, I would ask, Jeff, if you don't mind talking a little bit about some advice that you would give to organizations that are looking, um, and I know you mentioned before about certainly developing the the trust and the relationships, um, but do you have any other advice for organizations and and listeners out there who are attempting to implement um, data governance in, in in their organizations? Yeah, one thing that comes to mind that we've seen related to, especially working between partnerships and backbones where Ben is and school districts where Janelle is, is really creating shared strategies, shared goals, and having project teams where folks are coming together across organizations. And one step we've seen in multiple communities is the creation of shared staff positions where uh, a person will be funded by both organizations in order to sort of help tie things together and meet goals of the district as well as meet goals of the partnership where they're not aligned, but but generally they're aligned. And so I think just those creative staffing structures, and it could be staff, it could be consultants, it could be volunteers. Uh, we've seen all of those things as ways to help resource these efforts. Thank you so much. And uh, Janelle, what about you? What's some advice that you would give to people attempting this work? I think that having buy-in 
from all stakeholder levels is really key for them to be able to see and visualize that without us being able to tell a story with data, we're kind of stuck in terms of how we move forward and can progress or make changes. So on to Jeff's point about kind of attacking a problem and using our combined initiatives to be able to do that, it has been so successful. We have done that, for example, in partnership with Higher Expectations at Racing Unified for FAFSA applications completion. We have been doing that also, as I mentioned before, with math and addressing our gaps in math as well uh, from uh, secondary to post-secondary. And without the work of people like counselors, people like teachers at both the collegiate and the secondary level, without bringing them to the table to address those issues, having all the data in the world really doesn't matter because it's about the impact. You know, I often say, and I said this during our data pilot, right, Lisa, we're data rich, but impact poor sometimes because taking that data and using that data in order to make progress and change are two totally different skill sets many times. You can have the best report writer, but if that report writer doesn't understand how that data can then be taken forward to impact students to impact them academically or to take it and make sure that we are addressing needs in terms of equity and diversity, there really isn't much to be said then for for the data just existing out there. Yeah, I mean, and just such great points. Um, All right, and so Ben, I'm going to turn it over to you. And outside of cloning Janelle as a collaborator and as somebody uh, who is a true champion of this work, do you have any advice that you would give others who are working at, you know, community-based organizations and, and backbone organizations to get this launched? Find a bigger table, invite more people to it, and listen with humility. Don't wait to talk, listen. And I think that is going to lead people in unexpected directions. And they're not always going to be successful directions, but that's part of what makes Strive exciting. Different Strive organizations are trying different things all over the country, and sometimes they work, and then we share them, and sometimes they don't work, and we also share those. So incrementally and collectively, we will find better paths to success. Yeah, I I couldn't end it any better. So I I cannot thank you, Jeff, Ben, Janelle. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I have no doubt that the listeners learned a lot and I I truly hope and believe that they'll be able to take action because of what you shared today. So um, listeners, if you would like to learn more, you can find us at govx.jhu.edu. And thank you all.